guys are listening to the Display Triots, where we, as Americans, talk about our experience living in Australia. And uh, you have our hosts, uh, me, Andrew, and my friend, Brian. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Andrew, glad awesome. to have you back finally. Yes, yes. It's good to be back. <laughs> and and we, are, we are a week later, um, because Andrew and I both had stuff last week we had to do. Like, I actually flew to Port Macquarie. And... Yeah. Um, so we, it was kind of hard to, and, and Grace's 21st birthday was on Saturday. Oh uh, yeah. Happy so birthday, I literally Grace. went, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so I literally like went from the party and had a nap and then flew to Port Macquarie and I was there <laughs> and, um, yeah, it wasn't, I, I just wasn't around. So <laughs> no problem. We're busy, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we have a special guest today, which is Grant. And I'm going to butcher what? your last name, sir. I'm going to butcher your uh, last name. Well, it's, nor it's Norseworthy, isn't it? Well, it depends on how you treat that letter R, right? Because <laughs> if you're an American, you, you really know you need to put that R in there, right? R. Because I would say Norseworthy, but you can say Norseworthy. Yeah. <laughs> that's not butchering it. It's just that's how it's said on the other side of the world. Yeah. Brad well, Norsworthy, that's me. It's good to be yeah. with you guys. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. So, yeah, so thanks. basically, I, I started. I asked Grant to join because there was a discussion about Andrew having missed one more show. It was like, oh, it'd be good if I could fill it in. So Dennis did the first, the first um, episode that that um, Andrew was um, was engaged in. Um, and then I thought it'd be interesting to get some um, somebody from Australia who's moved to the U.S. Um, to kind of give that other side because it's interesting to to have that perspective, and and Grant was very was very gracious enough to re to reply to my request, and here he is. Um, so it's Grant, true. why don't you tell I'm an Australian living in America? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, okay, um, yeah, I've been living in Nashville, Tennessee, for the last fifteen years. In two thousand two, I moved over from Australia to the United States, and. Uh, I was born and raised mainly in Melbourne, Australia, which uh, some people might say Melbourne. <laughs> I try to it. correct anybody who does say Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't, it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> it, it, well, even it, you guys think it doesn't sound right. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I've been living here with my Kiwi, New Zealander wife. Uh, all that time, we got married right before we moved over. We got married in December 2001 and moved over in February 2002. And uh, wow. it's kind of interesting because, like, she's a Kiwi, so she would say my first name, Grant. And my um, my parents were raised in Adelaide, so they would tend to say Grant. But Melbourneite people say Grant, which is the American way ah. of saying my first name. So it was really confusing, though, because, like, I, I kind of wanted to be Grant over here. But when I arrived pretty soon, I realized you can't be Grant in America. <laughs> it's just not going to work. In fact, this might sound weird, but I, I kid you not, it happened three or four times where I'd introduce myself as Grant Norsworthy and someone would say, oh, hello, Craig. Craig. Or AIG. Yeah, it happened three times. And so like, okay, I'm Grant. I'll, I'll be Grant over in America. <laughs> but Grant from my wife oh. and Grant from my mum and dad. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow. So it's... I really, it's got to a point for me where I really want it to be natural for the speaker. Because I've had a couple of American friends try to say Grant like they hear my wife calling me Grant, and it just sounds weird. <laughs> just stop that. Yeah, yeah so I'm an American. That. I'm going to call my friend Grant. And you're, you know, it's like, no, don't do that. Just let it be natural for you. 
you know? Yeah. Well, and the other thing you're in, you're in the South pretty much as well. Right. And, and because pretty much yeah. Yeah. it absolutely is the South. <laughs> <laughs> There's other accents. All right. All right. Yes. And now all my Tennessee friends are going to kick my ass. I understand. That. <laughs> um, but what I, I guess what I meant to say was the accent in, in the South is, is a little bit slower and a bit more relaxed. And so I noticed that my family tend to call me Braun. It's not, wow. and, and it's, it's Brian, but they go, Hey, Braun, how you going? Like, it just doesn't sound right. I don't, under, I don't understand. Okay. Whatever. I don't care. We're not going to change people. Not on that anyway. Yeah. Go I did have go. a, I had a, I had a university professor whose last name was postal weight. And, and he made a big deal about, about how you should, you know, really appreciate your name and, you know, people should actually get it right. But I guess there is a limit to how far they can get it right because when you start talking about accent, di you know, differences, um, you can't fight every single fight, and sometimes close is close enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you know, communication only happens if someone understands what's what you're communicating. Yeah, that might sound really sort of basic, but you know, I've realised that over here, like people might be listening to this podcast, going, "He sounds really Australian." But honestly, um, I have changed a lot of how I speak, especially when I'm speaking to people in, in the United States. Yeah, you just have to. So, for example, yeah. like if, if this sounds like an Australian accent to most of your listeners, I'm, I'm glad because I'm trying to hold on to my accent. But, you know, if I had to spell my, my last name, Norsworthy, to someone, you listen to, the, listen to how I do it, you know. Yes, my name's Grant Norsworthy. Can you spell your last name, please, sir? Sure. And I switch on the American accent just for the letter R. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this. Yeah, I'll spell my name. N-O-R-S-W-O-R-T-A-Y. Because if I don't do that, it sounds like I don't know how to spell my own name. And I'm going, ah, N-O-R-S-W-O-R-T-A-Y. <laughs> Guys, I'm an idiot. Uh, I can see what would happen. Just for the letter R. Yeah. And I have stood in a McDonald's. I don't go to McDonald's very often. I know you guys do. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Brian goes to McDonald's far too often for any healthy person. How did you know that? But, uh, oh, did you listen to the podcast? Four times a week? <laughs> you did hear the podcast. <laughs> hey, America's a great nation. America's a great nation, but, you've, but your fast food ain't that great. No. Uh, yeah. But McDonald's, McDonald's, is better, that. <laughs> McDonald's is better here than in the U.S. It really is. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with yes. that. Less sugar, right? Yep. Absolutely. McDonald's and had a conversation that went something like this. I might be exaggerating just a little bit, but it, you know, it tells, it tells a good story. I think when I was like, uh, you know, it's my turn to order. I'm looking up at the, at the order board and I'll say, uh, can I have a cheeseburger? Excuse me. I'd like a cheeseburger. I'd like a cheeseburger. <laughs> No, sir. We don't have those here. <laughs> okay, then I'll have a cheeseburger. Oh, certainly. Would you like fries with that? <laughs> All right. See, uh -huh. gotta push that R in there. Oh, yeah. he's ain't gonna understand. Yeah. The R. Yeah. R. Yeah, I can understand that. It's just yeah. When when people hear you know um, a word they they know in a foreign accent, they just it doesn't register for some reason. Right. It just doesn't connect. Yeah. <laughs> And America is a lot more generous with its any other nation in the world. You know, like Australians mm -hmm. hear American accents in TV and movies and music, you know, everywhere, on the news all the time. It's the Australian accent to an American that is, that is a lot more strange.
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? So you guys probably have a lot less struggle going from the United States to Australia. People will understand your accent a lot better than they do over here for me. Oh, I, ima- <laughs> I would imagine so, yeah. But even even yeah. Then, can I tell you, can I tell you? even then I've I struggled with it because but not as bad oh, as yeah, you. Go ahead. But I, I struggled a little bit with it because people because I have to do what you what you just said. I have to I have to change my accent slightly when I'm here. Um and then and it's funny that the people in the US tend to say that they can hear a little bit of Australian in my accent. And and the people here say they can still hear my 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 US accent. So, you, yeah. but you do have well, to adapt a little bit. But you sound kind of American, and it's probably more to do with me saying things like trash rather than rubbish, or you know, <laughs> yeah. instead of nappy or yeah, range instead like of banner, just by accident, mm-hmm. <laughs> or saying. Like, I don't know. Hang on, what nation am I in? Schedule or schedule? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I want to tell you guys a story about about this thing of uh, the letter R. Like, I was touring with a band called the Paul Coleman Trio. Some people might remember the PC3. Um, that's the band that relocated me from uh, Melbourne to Nashville because I was in a band with Paul Coleman and Phil Gordon, and, and we came over, and we were living in Nashville and touring. But a guy from our record company was traveling with us, and I was ragging on him for, for how he says the letter R. I was probably doing something sort of, you know, slightly... <laughs> slightly uh, national nationalist saying you americans you you know like we go to school and we're told that er is a letter blend that says er i r u r these are letter blends and the and the and the sound they make is er so when i say burger and church and mother you know i'm saying it correctly you're saying it wrong you're leaving out the e the i or the or the u church burger what's going on with that and and he said to me yeah, but you put all those extra R's in, extra R's in all the time. No, I do not, I said. He said, yeah, you do. And I said, well, you, next time you think you hear it, you tell me. And he was right. America is a great place to live. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. America is a great place to live. I put Rebecca and I go into the shops, Honda Accord. <laughs> the Australian accent. We put an R in there. If we finish a word with an open vowel sound and start another word with an open vowel sound, it will throw an R in there that's not even there. So it all yeah. worked out evenly, I suppose. We, uh, you know, extra R's, too much R. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I've always noticed that. I've yeah, so I'm trying to remove that from my accent. Well, well I'm I know. Remove that extra R. America is a great place to live. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, it, in. It came up for me not long after I moved here. One of my bosses was, um, and I think I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast. One of my bosses was driving me home because I didn't have a car or whatever, and um, and we were talking about the the different ways we pronounce uh, the auto manufacturers here, and one that came up um, was, um, oh man, I had it until Mazda. just then. Mazda, thank you. And he goes, because here it's Mazda. Yeah, it's and, a Mazda, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but in the U.S., it's Mazda, and he goes, "It sounds like there should be an R in it." And I was like, "What do you mean there should be?" <laughs> that, but yeah, that's exactly it. As an M A R Z D A, Nissan. Yeah. Nissan. Nissan. Yeah. Yep. Nissan. Australians would say Nissan, right? Over here, it's Nissan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We that's right. To the Japanese. <laughs> I don't know how they pronounce it. 
Honda's easy. Honda was just Honda. And that's who I worked for, so I didn't care anything past that. <laughs> yep. Until you have to say Honda Accord, and then you've messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, I drive a yeah. CRV, so. Yeah. Me too. Oh, cool. I've got a 97 CRV. CRV? CRV. 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 So, well, it's like, um, um, what what do pirates have for lunch? Arby's. <laughs> oh. Yes. What does the what does a dentist say? They wouldn't work with the Australian accent. He's a pirate. <laughs> what? A, Wait, what, what? was that? <laughs> what does what does a pirate dentist say? Open up and say R. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so so Grant, you never noticed the the extra r you put at the end of some words until you moved to america that's right yeah and okay. i think it's just a beautiful picture of how you know the 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 junk you're used to where you live can be invisible to you you know the things yeah. that are wrong the things that are wonky you know you you don't realize they're there and then you leave your culture and it's someone else who can observe these things. I feel, I feel like that here in America, like where, you know, I came to America and it's like, this is a great place. There's so many opportunities for me here in this country to do what I love doing and maybe even to be able to support a family doing them. But man, there's some weird stuff here. <laughs> weird things. And um, the weirdness is pretty much invisible to most Americans, it seems. Some of it anyway. Maybe it's becoming less so, but... You know, and then I'll go home to Australia, and I've been here so long now, where I actually feel foreign in Australia as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. Australia yeah. is becoming more obvious to me. You know, it's like, whoa, we do stuff like that. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cultural differences become much more noticeable when you move somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I think the world would be a better place if everyone. You know, before they went to college or after they went to college or part of their college degree was one year living somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, you There's get... this amazing stuff that happens, you know. You, you learn more about other people, but you also learn some of the weird stuff where you've come from that's, from that's otherwise invisible to you. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, one of the things that I, I said when, after I moved here um, was how much more I noticed about my own my own culture and my own place where I've come from, and s- because I got to see it from outside, which is really yeah. hard to do. You can't do when you're there. Um, yeah. And I think I think that's really I think that's really cool. I really do because it's not that I've um, I, I haven't grown to hate the U.S. and that's partly where the name Display Trees comes from. I don't hate the U.S. In fact, I probably like it a bit more now than I may have before, particularly Texas, because that's awesome. But um, it is—it's really good to see it from that outside perspective and and see what the differences are and be able to do that without being judgmental. Uh, you know, I think there's people ask me which do I like better. I don't like either one of them better. I think mm-hmm. both places are awesome. I think both places have great people, um, and I enjoy being in in both places. I don't. I don't see why one has to be better than the other. I think um, we all really appreciate each other, and we we have friends, we have loved ones, just like everybody else. And um, it's just it's just good to be in in either of those locations. So even Arkansas, yeah, I'll let them. <laughs> What's wrong with Arkansas? I'm going there next month. Are you really? Oh, oh we'll arrive. Right. 
Yeah. You you should look up my brother. He's um he's he's the um the senior pastor at a church in Sheridan, not too far from Little Rock. Oh great. Please connect me with him. I'm going there in uh actually it's not next month, it's early August. I'll be there. Okay, I'll let him know. Because he, he might even let you do a spiel. That'd be great. I'd like that. I'll put you in touch. Um, let's do that off, off this podcast. So yeah, 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 yeah. Better. Absolutely. Although he might be listening to this when I post it, but it might be <laughs> might be too late. But he has been listening lately, so along with his daughter. And my it's exactly mom, the same way, you know, like like people say to me, Oh, which country's better to live in? And it's like uh, for for family and and stuff like that, I'd rather be in Australia. But for opportunities to to do what I love doing, this is the best place for me to be. Um, right, you know, when when you get to know individuals, all the stereotypes start falling away. Yeah, when you start yeah. getting to know something like as an Australian, as an Australian in America, it's it's really only the stereotypes only make sense when you lump all of Americans together, or all people from Arkansas together, or all people from you know Chicago together. Mm-hmm. But when you actually get to know individuals and build a relationship with them, get to know them, get to know how they, you know, they, they love their kids and how they feel about their schools and whatever, then you start getting to the heart of real issues and stereotypes start falling away. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of preconceived ideas about Australia when, when I got here. I wanted to see the, uh, the opera house and I thought I never would get to. And now I've seen it three or four times. From um, the inside too? Uh, only as far as the bathrooms. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. <laughs> that's as far as I made it in. You know, those really, those, those front ones rather than the public foyer. That's as far as I've gone. <laughs> right. I need to, I need to buy tickets to something. <laughs> so, so Grant, um, do you have any, um, interesting stories about learning how to drive on the right side of the road? Oh, yes. Well, you assume that I have learned to drive on the right hand <laughs> side of the road. But I, but I do find myself, uh, you know, I did have some struggles. You know, the thing is, you can be, you can be uh, an Australian driver in America and you get told things like left, loose, right, tight. You know, <laughs> that means if you're going to make a left turn, it's a loose so turn to the other side of the road. It's, it's a loose turn, but if you're making a right hand turn, it's a tight little turn. Oh, yeah. and, you, and you're driving on going left, loose, right, tight, left, loose, right, tight. But then something happens like you're on a one-way street. <laughs> oh, the gutter yeah. or the curb is right there on your left shoulder and your brain just goes <laughs> back to Australia. You're in Australia yeah. Yeah. and you do a left tight and you go, <laughs> oh, my goodness, head on traffic. You know, so. <laughs> So in the, in the early year or so, I did that a few times. You know, pulling out of a driveway or pulling out of a one-way street and the brain just goes flying across to the other side of the ocean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One-way streets are the worst. <laughs> oh, never never had a wreck, but I do find myself saying, you know, Jay, I probably wouldn't say this to my Australian friends, but no, this is the right side of the road. This right side of the road driving, this is the right side. This is the correct side. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Because it makes me really think about what happened in history for the English Empire, the British Empire, to go, well, we're going on the left. I couldn't have we got our brains together about that one. Uh, There wasn't more lefties in England at the time. 
No, I think it was the French drive on the right, and it's back back there. Uh-huh. Horses and buggies. So yeah. we're going to go on the left because we don't like the French. I think <laughs> that's what it was. Well, that's and I bet, it. and I and I bet that's why in the U.S. it's the opposite again because they're like, "Well, bugger you, England. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna be on the right." <laughs> well, that we there was a lot of German influence in the U.S. as well, and that probably had something mm. to do with it. <clears throat> Mm. So yeah, but uh, I did I did find a couple of things. Though I, for a while, I had just my Australian driver's license. This is early on in our stay, and then I had an Australian license and a Tennessee license. Mm-hmm. And I, I kid you not, I got pulled over by the police a couple of times, and I pull out the Australian accent. I go, mm-hmm. "G'day, mate, how you going?" <laughs> and then I don't know whether it was the cop looking at an Australian license, going, mm, "More paperwork." Yeah. Or what? And just going, all right, off you go. Just a warning. You know, it happened yep. like three or four times. Well, <laughs> just... The other weird thing, in Australia, I don't know what it's like now, but when I lived in Australia 15 years ago, if you got pulled over the, by the police, mm-hmm. too fast and I was a kid or whatever, you pull over, you get out of your car, you walk over to the police car and you stand and have a conversation with them at their window or they meet you halfway. Really? Right? I mean, is it still like that in Australia? Do you know? Yeah. No. Real casual. Uh, there you go, mate. Yeah, well, that. you're going a bit fast. Know. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, <laughs> I did that. I hadn't been in I hadn't been in the United States long. It was it was late one night. This car pulled me over, blue flashing lights. So I pulled over. This is my first time getting pulled, and I got out of the car, and that policeman, he jumped out of his vehicle, hand on his gun, pointed <laughs> him out, goes, Driver, get back in the vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God in me, you know, it's like you do not do that in the United States, Australians. If you're over here yeah. and you get pulled over, stay in your seat and put your hands on the steering wheel at the top so they can see your hands. That's just- I don't think they do it here anymore either. Well, they don't do it in Melbourne. Let me put it Probably that not. way. I what, seen you don't get out of your car and go and speak to the police officer? No. Because <laughs> I have to say, I've never been pulled over. In America. I just say? I have well, never good for been, you. I've never been pulled over. I have. Yeah, I have. I have been um, breathalyzed once, I think once. But yeah, yeah, same never, here. Never been pulled over. But yeah. I, I, there's a, a a friend of mine that I work with. He would make frequent trips to the U.S. and and he would do something similar. Although he never lived there, all he had was a the um, Australian license. And he said he was speeding, and he really was speeding through this you know really small podunk town, and a cop pulls him over. And um, the cop said, can I see your license? And my friend's like, you can, but you're not going to like it. And so, you know, he hands him the license and he sees us from Australia and goes, wait here. And so he went back and he and he talked on the radio a bit and he handed it back over. <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to let you off with just a warning. But um, I had to call it in just to see what the dispatch would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't know what to do with an Australian license, I guess. Mm. I think the same sort of thing happened to me a few times. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing I noticed that was surprising about coming about coming from Australia to the United States. Speaking about cars and vehicles, store in a big car park or parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. it's the same two different terms for the same thing. If you step out of a Target or a Target or you know some sort of supermarket, if you've got a, a, a normal shaped car, you cannot find it because <laughs> the. the the vehicles in this country tend to be a lot taller. You know, they're bigger. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I used to be able to, you walk out into a car park in Australia, it's like, where's my car? And you can glance across the rooftops. I'm six foot, you know. You glance, there it is. There's my little white escort or whatever, you know, you go and you find it. But you cannot do that in America. You need to remember <laughs> which row, 
<laughs> which a lot like you need to know because these huge suvs and people movers and full drives you'll never see your your vehicle it's lost forever <laughs> and we talked about this in a previous podcast too because there's you know in australia they call what they call these little trucks utes right yeah. and, and they have no idea mostly for the most part here how big a truck really can get i mean the ones that they sell uh i know particularly in, in texas are absolutely ginormous. I mean, huge. And we're not talking about the SUVs. We're talking about the flatbed yeah. trucks. They are ginormous. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm not sure what the percentage is, but some percentage of them never get anything put in the back of them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing. It's all about ever. having a status symbol. It is. It is. Especially in Texas. You get, you get how, the ropers. How big these vehicles are. Oh, huge vehicles. Yeah. Well, that because I've got a, I've got a, this. Might I hope you don't find this uh, upsetting at all. But I've, I think I know the three most important things to America. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let all my my dastardly generalizations and stereotypes come to the surface. Yeah, you go for <laughs> it. Right? Mm. America, uh, choice, yeah. quantity. Mm -hmm. So here's the example: like in a in an in an American supermarket. The range of breakfast cereals is overwhelming. <laughs> there are millions of breakfast cereals, and all the junk yeah. ones are right at your eye line. All the yep. terrible yeah. ones are all there. And in fact, if you want to find a decent granola or muesli, you've got to go to the health food section. Yeah. You know, so there's this huge range. So I'm kidding you not, like a full aisle, hundreds of different breakfast cereal choices. Mm hmm. And that's overwhelming when you're a strain coming over here. Because then you, you went to the supermarket, it's like, what? There's only 10 different things I can choose from? Mm -hmm. And that's just yeah. it. like breakfast was just the example. Then, then quantity stuff is huge here. Mm -hmm. Vehicles are huge. The the servings at restaurants are huge. <laughs> like everything is bigger, big, big, big. And that seems to be because that's really Ameri important to Americans, you know. Yeah. And then convenience. Mm -hmm. True, that's an American invention. You know, like like I want things convenient for me. Yeah. So it's like I want to choose from a million different things. Right. And when I find it, I want it on my terms, really easy for me, and it's got to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> and that's that's still like 15 years later. Like that's they're three things that I'm trying not to be swayed by in the way I live my life. You know, like I don't know those three things as being the most important three things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know my my brother really struggles, particularly like if he's going out and and having takeaway. Um, you know, he, he works really hard to to you know keep the portion sizes smaller and and those kind of things. And he, and he encourages his kids to do the same. And there, there it is. There is kind of a push underfoot. You know, at the minute it's a very low level where um people are trying to to focus a bit more on reducing their their intake. Um, you know, like my dad's type two diabetic and. You know, we were talking in one of the previous episodes where the drink size is, you know, a large is like a 44, 72 ounce drink. Um, and I would get on to my dad because my dad would drink, you know, a Dr. Pepper. And I go, Dad, with type 2 diabetes, you, you can't, you cannot have like a 44, 72 ounce Dr. Pepper and then have that with your meal and then go back for a refill as you go out. It's just too much. Mm. You can't, you can't process that. Um, so trying to get them to think a little bit about, you know, what they're intaking. And it's not that I'm really any better. I still have to fight it too. And there's things that I definitely do in excess as well, but, um, you do have to think about those kind of things. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I, uh, there's a, a whole lot of Mexican restaurants around the United States. You can find Mexican food in Australia too, but you know, I, I think I kind of think, think of it this way. America's Mexicans are like Australia's Vietnamese. Yes. You know, you get, <laughs> yep. you know it's a lot easier to get good Asian food in Melbourne than it is to get good Mexican food. Yeah. But, yeah. but in, in the United States, I guess, especially Texas, you get great Mexican food, great Tex-Mexican food. Oh yeah. Really, really great. But mm. I, I go to one of those restaurants and I feed my whole family of five on a fajitas for one. <laughs> yeah yeah that's it i'm gonna get the chicken fajitas for one and they go for one and what else no that's it that's all five of us <laughs> you're gonna give us these, these bowls and bowls of corn chips and salsa my kids are gonna yeah. eat every bowl of it and then the fajitas are gonna come they're gonna get one or two little fajitas each and we'll be all full absolutely full we won't want anything else mm. all we want is fajitas for one and a few extra tortillas <laughs> what are you gonna drink what we're going to drink water. <laughs> yeah. Dan. Well, makes it yeah. deeper. <laughs> yeah, or, I, like, or, or, or in your language, aqua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Brooke and I'll get a burger from a you know a burger place, not McDonald's, like a burger place, and we will cut it in half and half each. It's fine. Yeah. You don't, you yeah. don't need that much food, America. You don't need that much. No. You think you do. You think you do, but you don't. <laughs> They do think they. I heard a great story about do. Wendy's. And, and do, do you guys wish there was? Do you wish there was Wendy's in Australia? There's not, is it? I do. Oh, <laughs> I wish. oh, yes. Every oh, well, quite often. Considering a vegetarian, maybe twenty. Not exactly, but yeah, I do. Kind of a good it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I heard a great true. story. I don't know. I don't know if this is true. A true story, but absolutely true that I heard this story. All right. <laughs> but about twenty years ago, Wendy's tried to introduce the the burger chain called Wendy's to Australia. It's. <laughs> Not, probably not as big as McDonald's in the United States, but it's big. No, you know, it's like yeah. it's it's everywhere. And um, they tried for a couple of years and failed. And I heard that the, one of the main reasons why they failed because they were building Wendy's restaurants to the exact specifications that they were built in the United States. And so some of the materials were really, really hard to get and really expensive. And these buildings were being built to withstand tons of snow on the roof and ridiculous, ridiculous things like that, <laughs> you know, and, and they were just so expensive to build that that was a really major contributing factor to Wendy's failing in Australia. Just wow. because of the, the building materials. Yeah. And, and building specifications <laughs> that just didn't suit Australia, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, if you're somewhere else, the moral to the story is if you're somewhere else, like us three guys will have realized you've got to adjust stuff about yourself. You know, you can't yeah. be pining were. You got to realize where you are, and, yeah, and yeah. make adjustments. But be true to but, but, but be true to where you've come from, and it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I believe that. it. I believe it. Well, <laughs> one question I've got that that I found because it it turns out you migrated very shortly after I did. So I came, I I got here in uh, July of two thousand and one. So. You left just about after I got here. Hopefully that wasn't because I got here. But anyway, <laughs> um, how did you find keeping in touch with your family at that time? Because there wasn't, there wasn't, you know, iPhones and FaceTime and all of those things. Uh, Yahoo was kind of there. And, it, you know, I think it started introducing video chat and stuff. But um, it's a very different communication time, believe it or not, in just that 16 years. So how, how did you cope with because, I mean, I, it sounds to me like you had a very close family and both you and your wife had family here. So how did you manage that? 
Well, it was very, very difficult. In fact, I would say the major cost of relocating from Australia to the United States was the the strain that would put on existing relationships yeah. back in Australia, um, family especially, but also friends. You know, so I would say there's. I know a lot of people in Melbourne still, and I've benefited from quite a few trips back to Melbourne from time to time, but I, I don't think I have any really close friendships apart from maybe two, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like really, really close friendships. And uh, so, yeah, technology has changed for the better to make it easier to communicate, you know, or screens like video chatting is, is better than just talking in a lot of ways, but in other ways, it's actually more difficult. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, back back then in two thousand two, when we came over, it was Skype was already happening. So I was always mm-hmm. had a Skype account, and you could. It was usually pretty garbled and difficult to communicate, but we made it, and it wasn't that expensive. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think also back then, we were making trips back to Australia on average once a year. We sort of filled the love tanks all around, mm-hmm. and then fam- different <laughs> family members were making the trip over to Nashville to visit us. Oh, okay. More often than they are able to now mm-hmm. yeah and then kids start arriving like brooke my new zealand wife and, and me the australian together we have three americans of our own we've made americans <laughs> and <laughs> and but now that trip from australia to the united states is that's a you know not not necessarily just because the kids are difficult on a long flight even though they are but the cost yeah oh yeah people home to australia <laughs> And New Zealand in our case, because we want to visit both both chunks of families, mm-hmm. and then getting us all back to Nashville. It's like we're we're doing it uh, very soon. We're going home to Australia and then New Zealand from June into July. Yeah, ten flights alone. It's like a house deposit in a lot of cities. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's a lot of money. Well, because we, yeah. my, my wife and I, and with our daughter, our daughter's twenty one, um, and there's just the three of us. And the flights alone, and we caught them on sale, but we we paid almost six grand just in flights. It's it's crazy. The math works. Yeah, out. you had three tickets. I have five, six grand, ten grand. There you go. It's about two grand. <laughs> yeah, it is about two yeah. grand. It's about yeah. two grand a person just to fly. That's not to do anything else. It's not yeah. eating, sleeping, living, anything. It's just to get there. <laughs> It's massive. Yeah, and so that's not... getting really, really, really difficult to do. Yeah. So it's kind of got a point, got to a point for my wife and I where we're saying, I'm going to be just a face on a screen mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. from time to time through some sort of strained communication, or are we going to go back to Australia or Zealand to live? Mm. It's just a really, it's just a huge decision to make. Yeah. I think it gets even more involved when like my boys are i've got three boys 10 four and two years old do i want to give them just this tiny little computer screen window into their family heritage my grandpa and uncles mm-hmm. what life is like along that's a that's a big choice yeah yeah and it's a hard one too but at some level it's <coughs> it's it's a it's a modern choice because, you know, if you think about the people who originally settled our locations, um, when they left their family, that was it. There was no, unless, except for some, you know, snail mail, occasionally, once in a, a rare blue moon, that was it. You, you, 
Yep. You may never mm-hmm. go back home. You may never see these people again. Yeah. That's right. Right. <laughs> that. mm-hmm. Times have changed. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for airplanes because at least I can go. <laughs> at least I can go back. Yeah. Or I can play that that um, um, PS4 Star Wars Battlefront with my brother on Wednesday afternoons during lunch. <laughs> you know, which is kind of cool because it's nine o'clock for him. So <clears throat> at least that at least that technology is there where we can we can do that now. I'm very thankful and, and grateful for that. But uh, yeah. that that yeah. is the hard bit for me. What about for you, Andrew? Because you've got a fairly close knit family. Yeah, yeah. Um... But we we Skype a lot, so it, that definitely helps. Um, and I just I probably go back um, to visit my family once every eighteen months or so, roughly around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and we we see them often enough, I think. But um, and and they come and visit us sometimes as well. Um, but yeah, we don't have kids at this stage, so that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wait till that. Wait, wait till that happens, and then yeah, yeah. And we'll see how often we go back. But uh, but yeah, I feel like we've got we we see each other in person, um, you know, once every year uh, or two years. Um, so I I think that's that's a good rhythm to have. Um, but yeah, we we talk a lot on Skype anyway and stay in contact. So it's all pretty good. <laughs> Well, you're a little bit three more fortunate. Was that was that grand? I was going to say three Christmases ago was the last time I took my family home, and that was just really soon after Casper, our youngest, had arrived on the scene. He was about six months old, or yeah, a bit less than that. Mm-hmm. We went home for a Christmas, and uh, <laughs> we had two lap children. So Marcus and Casper were both under two. So that sixteen hour hour, hour mm-hmm. float over the Pacific Ocean was three seats. <laughs> okay and uh and there was one flight i can't remember which one it was but when they make you have a lap child you have your own seat belt on and then you have an ex- extra little seat belt loop thing that you put through your seat belt and put it around the child that's on your lap and i had marcus on my lap he was nearly two at the time <laughs> and we were all strapped in you know don't get out of seats now the plane starts taxiing away from the jet bridge and he does the most enormous horrible sloppy poop <laughs> and it's leaking out of his diaper <laughs> and it's going on to my pale tan colored pants and there's nothing i can do <laughs> there's nothing i can do except look around look around the cabin trying to pretend it's somebody else <laughs> you know? oh boy that does it, not sound good it felt like it felt like a lifetime but it was like 20 minutes of just sitting there with this with this diarrhea child strapped mm. to me the light went off and i could oh. dash off off to the to the toilet or the restroom and try and clean things up oh. Oh, that was horrible. so as, as we yeah, joked around that imagine. flight that flight three christmases ago no it, it wasn't that bad it wasn't really like oh you know <laughs> humor there but uh anyway <laughs> right okay <laughs> it was a it was a rough oh ride. grand yeah it would have been Checking it, it that. <laughs> i could oh yeah no that the other the other thing you could have done is handing back to his mother the year. <laughs> no problem. 
and like I didn't notice anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have gone down a tree. <laughs> <laughs> on that on that journey, on that journey, we had a little scorecard. We said if you if you change a a wet diaper, you get one point. <laughs> on this next forty eight hour ordeal, forty eight hour ordeal from Nashville out of our home in Nashville to the door of uh, my family in Melbourne, where we were going to stay. Mm-hmm. You change a, a wet diaper, you get one point. You change a poopy diaper, you get two points. If you <laughs> if you fix a blowout, you get four points. Mm-hmm. But we just gave up scoring about halfway through. <laughs> we, just, we just gave up. I don't know who won. I wanted like 20 points so, for that leaking. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh. Uh, so uh, what do your kids think of Australia? Well, they, they like it. I mean, yeah. it's really in a, quite an adventure for them. I think they're maybe more excited about having a seat on a plane with their own TV to look at every day. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. Get my, I get my own screen. Yeah, yeah. They're they're excited about it, and you know, like, or well, they remember Australia. I mean, I'm pretty sure Casper doesn't, but they're yeah. excited to see yeah. Grandma and Grandpa and Uncle Mike and Uncle Cam and all the cousins and stuff. I think Mac, yeah. Max especially loves all these cousins. Yeah, because they fall over themselves and spoil them rotten, of course. And <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, yeah. that's so everyone's excited good. about this trip coming up. Yeah, well, I'm definitely gonna um, I'm definitely gonna try to check you out when um, whenever you hook up with Diamond Valley. I yeah, I hope that works out. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Well, they're they're Lucas excited on Wednesday, I think. Oh, really? Okay. That's good. Yeah, no, they need, were. I just need to find a few more people who are excited. Um, well, they that well, yeah, okay, that's probably true. But they they are definitely excited. Uh, the worship the worship leader there was like, oh wow, he's coming. That's awesome. So they're pretty excited about it. Great, um, great. So I think you you might you, you might get a better reception than you might have thought you might. Than you might have thought you might. Hmm. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I, I don't. Know, I don't know if this is still part of the podcast or not. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We we do rabbit trails here. The very first episode, <laughs> we said if you don't like rabbit trails, this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> We're working on yeah. that. But, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. We still uh, tend to go down them. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the last for the last uh, fifteen years living in the United States, I came over here as a bass guitarist in in bands and mm-hmm. was playing the Paul Common Trio. Then I then when the Paul Common Trio took its break, which was actually us breaking up uh, at least for a, a bunch of years, at that stage with no kids, decided no, we'll stay in Nashville because I still really want to be involved in music professionally and I want the music to be, um, I'd put it this way, I want the music to be something that's that's uh, edifying to the Christian church, something that is encouraging, something that's got this vertical nature to it. And so we decided to stay in Nashville, and pretty soon I was playing bass guitar in Sonic Flood, which was quite a successful band at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed my three years playing bass guitar with them. But when I finished that in about late 2007, early 2008, I realized that I was actually a better communicator through spoken word than a bass guitarist. You know, And in fact, I got more excited about being a speaker than a bassist. Um, and so I just decided, all right, I'm now Grant Norsworthy, word and song. You know, I'm a speaker who can sing songs. I'm not a singer who talks too much. I'm a speaker who can sing yeah. songs. And so, so since then I've developed, uh, into, and I feel like I've found what I'm really good at, you know, like I'm, what I'm really credited to do, even I'd put it that way, you know, like being here in America has taught me, no, I can get in front of people with a guitar, tell some stories, um, sing a couple of songs, um, and 
hopefully gives some thoughts that make people really feel challenged about you know where they're at. And, and within this idea of being a speaker, especially with my musical background and, and abilities, one of the main things I started offering here in the States was training for church instrumentalists, singers, and technicians. Mm-hmm. And developed it into something that's really, really good, I think. I call it more than music mentor. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm in Nashville as an itinerant coach for church instrumentalists, singers, and technicians. And I speak about other topics and love to preach messages and love to do concerts or whatever. But um, this is this is something that I really think I offer that's, re- that's really needed. And it, not only is it needed in the Christian church for the musicians and singers and technicians, I think, do better than we are now, um, I think there's a perceived value of people within the church to go, yeah, we would like, we would like this to be better. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's really taking off here in the States. And so I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to set aside a couple of weeks when, on this next trip to Australia to try and share some of this with Australian churches. So I, I, maybe, I, maybe I made the mistake by like sharing some of my, like, how would you say, more polished, glossy promotional material that I've developed that suits the American psyche, <laughs> especially the Christian church. I started saying, hey, I'm going to come down for two weeks to Australia and I'm going to give you a chance to have me, who does so well in America, doing this training. Do you, you can get a chance to taste it? <laughs> and like, no, you tall poppy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to cut him off at the knee. <laughs> yeah, you never know. That's, that's the thing. Like one of the most wonderful things about America is people really want you to do well. Mm. Yeah. You know, people, they celebrate hard work. They celebrate like, wow, this guy's making something. But uh, yeah. it's sad for me to have to say this, but yeah, the tall poppy syndrome, no American knows what the tall poppy syndrome is, but every Australian does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're very good at encouraging the underdog in Australia. Poppy, come on, you can do it, mate. Come on. But, but any <laughs> poppy, we're talking, about a, we're talking about a field of poppy flowers here. It's, 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 a, it's a metaphor. <laughs> Stay with me, folks. Um, <laughs> someone who pokes their head a, a bit higher than everybody else, look at him. So arrogant, so full of himself. I bet you he had to walk over people to get up that tall. You know, so, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah, well, well, it's, it's weird. It's weird to an American. It's not, it's not very weird to an Australian because in, Aust- in Australia, you yeah, really, you really have now. to be a... You, you, well, you've got to really do well. You've got to be like the best before people will actually celebrate that. But if you're trying to get to that bit, you've got everybody trying to keep you from getting there. Isn't mm. it? It's a strange thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder where that comes from. Oh, I think I know where. <laughs> do you want to know my theory? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> if your country at its inception and I'm talking about European settlement, like the, the inception of Australia as a, you know, a Western colony, a colony of Great Britain. It's settled by you are the convicts. You are the people we don't want here. You end mm. up with a really uh, about authority, about the man who's in charge, about the person mm. who's got rank above you. And it's still there to this day. Yeah. Who's oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, further sense. up the chain than you. Yeah. So it's, it's still in our at least the European side of our DNA. And you think about it, like Australia was, when I was in school, we were still singing God Save the Queen of England as our national anthem. Mm 
And then, and then sometime in the seventies, they said, "Hang on a minute, maybe we should have an Australian song instead of a British song," you know, as our as our anthem. And you know that Walsing Matilda nearly got accepted. It's a, it's Advanced yeah. Australia Fair now, as Australians will know, but it was nearly Walsing Matilda, a song about a homeless man who is starving, so he steals a sheep and eats it. And rather than facing up to the police about his crime, he commits suicide. That was nearly our <laughs> national anthem. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. I was Chip on our shoulder, you know? Like, is that really a healthy <laughs> yeah. thing every time you're thinking about Australia? Oh, yeah, that's that's what I've noticed about culture. Now that I've been living in America where there's this celebration. You know, the, the American dream really is you go, man, you do it. I want you to succeed. Even if you're going to succeed more than me, I want you to. That's mm. And that's not everyone's attitude here in America, but it's much more prevalent than in Australia, which seems to be pretty much the opposite. Mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Again, with exceptions, but but – you know, when you, again, when you group people together, that is that is the thing, right? And we said this earlier in the podcast. Maybe we didn't. People didn't hear it. You know, we're in this podcast. We're being very generalizing. Yeah. When you get to know an individual and have a good relationship and a deep relationship with them, all those stereotypes fall away. Yeah, like yeah that's my, right. My my close Australian friends want me to do really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, as I said at the at the start of this of this show, I was in Port Macquarie and I was there for work actually. Um, and there seem particularly in the IT industry, which is where I make my the money to put food on my table. Um, there seems to be this push that you know you do you do your meetings through either conference calls or um, vid conferencing or those kind of things, um, which are good and they're very useful tools, um, but. I really think that as human beings, we find it far more difficult uh, to be angry at or mean to or do nasty things if you've actually met them in person. If you've actually shook their hand and you've had a one-on-one face-to-face conversation, it's really, really hard um, to then to then um, dehumanize them to a point where you know you allow yourself to do things that maybe you wouldn't do. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of the same thing here, where when you know somebody, you've got a personal stake in them now because you've met them. So you want yeah. them to do well because you want the people that you know to do well. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to criticize somebody that you don't Absolutely. know. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I think it's well, even in a business meeting. Wow. So tell me about your kids. Tell me about your wife. Where do you live? Mm-hmm. You know, just like get to know them a little. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, we've got this agenda we've got to get through. No, no, it's just let's get to know each other a little. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because it makes it a lot easier. It does. Hey, I, I have found one little cafe here in Nashville that serves Aussie meat pies, sausage <laughs> rolls, lamingtons, and vanilla slices. Really? <laughs> You've yes. done well. And... <laughs> It's and it's really it's really good and um, I've I've been there maybe four times. Um, it's on the other side of town, so it's not really easy for me to get there. But sometimes I have an Australian friend visit, and I say, "Oh, I want to I want to take you to the cookery. This place that has really great meat pies and sausage rolls and lamingtons." And, <laughs> and then I'll get myself a meat pie or a sausage roll and a big fan. And then um, I've got a great American friend, Ryan. And he's like, hey, I want to meet you for, for lunch. You know, we've got a bit of a business meeting to do, and, and, uh, but let, let's have lunch while we have the meeting. I said, oh, I want to take you to the cookery, and I want you to know some Australian cuisine. 
<laughs> he made a meat pie and he hated it. <laughs> and, then I looked, and I looked down at my meat pie and I went, you know what? Thought it was. And even when I was sharing it with my Australian friends, it was. But now I see my American friend not like it. Mm. I've now realized for the first time this is actually not a great meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. <laughs> Really I'm sorry, guys. Like, it's not. <laughs> no. So it's like, it's, no. But, that, but let's be honest here. A hot dog's not great either. It, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I have a hot dog about once every, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I had one. <laughs> um, so do they label the, the cafe as like Aussie food? But apparently there's an Australian owner who I've never met. And, oh, okay. um it's just there's a lot of um, more standard American fare on the menu, but they have these four little items with an Aussie flag next to them, oh, okay. and they make them on the premises. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you know, I, like I don't know what you guys think of sports in Australia, but I was glancingly interested in Australian rules football. Living in Melbourne, growing up there, <laughs> mm-hmm. I should get beaten up in high school. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, Geelong Cats, that's me. Yep. And I have found myself totally into AFL 15 mm-hmm. years after living in America. <laughs> Almost like it's a symptom of my, my mild homesickness. Yeah. yeah. Where with this, how oh, did they play last week? Who'd they play? Who won? You know, that sort of level of interest mm-hmm. to I watch, I watch every game every week <laughs> and I gather American wow. friends around me. Mm-hmm. Just bashing into each other without any pads on. <laughs> that that that's actually ha- what happened for to me with baseball, and and because I had that level of interest that you were describing in baseball, so I was mildly interested. I would go to a game occasionally, um, and I was mildly interested in what happened. Um, but when I moved here and I started getting that homesickness, now I'm actually a subscriber to MLB because I want to be able to watch the games. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So, I share I share a subscription with another Aussie mate, and we can watch all the AFL games. Oh, nice! Because we just feel like we have to. <laughs> I try. I watch one American football game a year. Mm. As I watch Super Bowl, uh, yeah, and it, I watch it. In game, American football is a great game, but it, it's so start stop. It's the perfect yeah. sport for commercials. <laughs> the perfect yeah, sport. Exactly. For having commercials, what they played for four seconds, they're talking about it. A commercial break, what? <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's no flow to it, really. Yeah, yeah it's no. really, and it's like, how much longer in the game? Two minutes. I'll be home in two hours. You know, because <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. you got it. Yeah, because you've got a timeouts, and uh, if they don't, oh. if it's not a completed, if it's not a completed play, then then they then it's pause, and you know, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I actually, I was the. Um, what was that? Even though it's a great game, American football is a great game. You got to, you got to admit, fellas, it's misnamed, wouldn't you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've always agreed with people. When I took Spanish, we 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 got into why is it called football when you don't really touch it with your foot. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I, and I agreed with them then. I I just I didn't name it so, and yeah. I don't. And I don't play it, so I don't really have. I mean, it's, it's a bit like 
people who complain about who the president is when they didn't vote. I, I don't really have a say, so I just <laughs> yeah. I let I, I let people you know do what they're going to do. American <laughs> football is old football. As another stick it to the British thing, maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> so a grant of your shoulder. It should be called probably tackle ball. Shove tackle <laughs> yeah. chess ball or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd probably be better. I like tackle ball. That's pretty good. <laughs> so Grant, have you shown any of your American friends um AFL? Bunch of a little a little tight knit group who like maybe once a month we get together at a buddy's place and we watch um the Geelong Cats play and they love it. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> you think this is this is great, and when and when but, I don't like, because it usually depends on whether I'm in town for a for a weekend and whether we can, you know, get together. There's always you can't do it every week, but I've got quite a few guys who are like, hey, so how are the cats doing? You know, since we I saw them beat <laughs> Melbourne, you know, four weeks ago. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Give them an update. Season's over. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you oh, found yourselves with a, a, a? Where are you guys living? Are you in Melbourne? I am. I'm in Perth, um, but I was living in Melbourne before I moved here. Um, FL but, cities. Have you got a taste for the game at all? No. Oh yeah, yeah. I've watched plenty of games, so I yeah. know what. Yeah, I know what, what it's all about. <laughs> Play on. I watched. I probably watched parts of a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so not at all. <laughs> yeah, not really. No. I, I, I like. Um, Give it a go, man. Great game. Like- Give it a go. I liked it when Geelong was kicking everybody's butt. I thought that was cool. <laughs> just I don't know why, um, but I just thought that was cool. Okay, because um, it's a little, it's sort of a little. Geelong is a little rural city. Yeah, you know, they have a really good football team. <laughs> well, and, and and because because my daughter go barracks for um, and again it's that word guys barrack not root barrack. it's barracks. <laughs> um, when um when um because my daughter barracks for um Brisbane, um whenever they beat her dad's team, um I think that's funny, just just because of the you know the 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 family politics and I have to side with my daughter, you know obviously. So yeah. I think that's funny when that happens, um but I don't really follow the game really much and and the other problem is because I work I work so alone, because uh, I work from home and I don't really don't really I'm not in the office anywhere for people to talk about it. I don't I don't even get any of that either. So I don't uh yeah. I don't I don't I don't keep up with it. What about cricket? Did you get into cricket during the summer? No. Uh not really, but it's it's fun to just put on sometimes and just kind of have it in the yeah. background. <laughs> well, but you've actually played, Andrew. You you uh, at least yeah. well, you at least played. Well, yeah, in indoor, which is a bit different, but I've never um, played cricket ever in my entire life, as far <laughs> as I'm aware. I've, I, I, there was a backyard one time where we played, you know, kind of a variation of cricket, but it wasn't really cricket. So, well, you know, be? every now and again, an American asks me a question about cricket, mm-hmm. and I'll say, "Look, America had a war, so you didn't have to play cricket. <laughs> we, we, we never." We never had that war, so we play cricket. And the way we get back at the English is to play their stinking game better than they do. Absolutely. Yeah, there you and go. And that's, that's what, what I like. Do. Yes. Yeah. So it's all to, it's the British Empire is responsible for a lot of things, including oh, yes. Americans not playing cricket and calling their American <laughs> code of shove ball 
football. <laughs> and um, and Australians having to drive on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll say I'll say it again. There was a TV show called Sliders, right? And in one in one of the episodes, um, because Sliders basically were alternate alternate dimensions where one key uh, piece of history was changed in that dimension, which you know, and you saw what the ripple effect was. And in this particular in this particular episode, they looked at so what would happen if the U.S. had lost the Revolutionary War and um, the U.S. was actually still part of the British Empire, uh, and they went through all of that. And um, so the 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 um, protagonists did their thing, and and they were about to go through the um, through their wormhole to go to the whatever the next thing was. Um, and they and as one of the protagonists departing. Uh, was was uh, talking to one of the characters, which happened to be the Prince of of America. Uh, he his parting words to the Prince was, "Do you know why the sun never sets on the British Empire? Because God doesn't trust the British in the dark." <laughs> okay. Right. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I actually do. I still like cricket. I like cricket a lot. I just, I love jest about it. But... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind I, it. I, I think it's just too British. slow. I love the. Oh, oh hey, that's... you said you're a baseball fan. What are you talking about? <laughs> it doesn't go for a week, <laughs> but a playoff series does longer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But but I've realized one thing. You know. One thing I've realized after 15 years of living here in America, like when I lived in Australia and even for the first bunch of years, one of my little pieces of ammunition as an Australian in, to Americans was you have your local baseball series and you call it the World Series and all the teams are American. You <laughs> Look arrogant it up. American. Look and, it up. It wasn't. No, but hang on. Oh. But then I realized. No, no, listen. Listen to me. This yeah, is what okay, I realized. Good. If you're good at baseball, whether you're Japanese or from the Dominican Republic or wherever you are in the world, if you're really good at baseball, you will end up playing in that series. Yeah. Yes. yeah. That is why it's the World Series. This is the <laughs> yeah. The best of the best. Of this game being played in the world anywhere. Well, this is the best of the best for the whole world. That's true. That I, and true. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I've been won over okay. by that. Well, it's true. The, um, one of the starting pitchers from the team that I, that I bear or support uh, is actually from J- J- Japan as well. Right. There's a there's I mean, it seems like most of these guys are from the Dominican Republic. It seems to me. I mean, well, a lot of them anyway. Uh yeah, well, that or a few other places. Yeah, yeah. there, there are a lot of different Australia places well. that aren't the United States, right? Hmm. There's a, there's yeah. a, it's a really, really international competition. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's fantastic. So it is a World Series. I like. Well, that. yes, but it actually got started because of a of a business. That I think was the world something, and that's where it came from. It's actually the business name that that hosted the the first you know couple or something like that, and oh, they really? just kept they just kept the name. That's where it comes from. <laughs> had nothing so to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it could. I mean, if it had been Sears, it would have been called the Se- the Sears series. <laughs> that's a bit awkward. That would be tough to say, though. <laughs> yeah. So, but because this company did it, they, it got called the World Series, and and it just stuck. It's just uh, sure about right. that. I am absolutely sure about that. I looked it up. <laughs> All right. Interesting. 
<laughs> so every yeah. every um, foundation of of my old prejudice about that is completely and utterly shattered in a room. Yes. Yeah, but I, li- I like yours better, so I may just borrow that. <laughs> Do you know sound. what I miss about Australia? What's that? Say this, because it just doesn't work in America. I I, hear, I go back to Australia and I hear this. You're having a conversation with someone. It's a slightly contentious issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a slight disagreement between people. It's nothing nasty. Mm-hmm. And and in Australia, you can say this. Yeah, but nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. nah. Yeah. I agree with you in principle, but I have some problems with some of your facets of the argument. That's what someone said. Yeah, but nah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Have you? You should use that though. Yeah, but nah. It's a powerful little three-word thing. <laughs> yes, that's true. A lot. <laughs> but that that starts me into another thing I've been thinking about that I do that I'm trying to stop doing, and um, and that's answering something yes no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever notice it, but, you know, you start, you talk to somebody and they'll ask you a question and, um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, but, um, it's like, um, I think we should go and drive to the mall. Yes. No, we should, you know, it's like, I agree kind of with, it's a bit that like that. Yeah. But nah, it's like, I kind of agree with what you're trying to say, but no, I don't want to do that. And we end up saying yes, no. We end up contradicting mm. ourselves in the same in the same breath, and I'm trying to get myself to stop doing that because I hate <laughs> it. Just I don't know. I, I don't like to contradict myself. <laughs> You're just thinking aloud. Well, but I do oh, that no. enough, and that gets back into the fin <laughs> disease that we were talking about before. Yeah, I don't need any help with that. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, on that, we probably should do our news, Master Andrew. Oh, right. News. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that this week. <laughs> oh, you're, you're disappointing my niece. She likes to hear your astrophysics. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Well, I remember that, and I'll never let her down again. Okay. Well, she'll <laughs> appreciate that. You'll have to give her a hug next time you know you see her, if you ever see her. Um, yeah, if I ever see her. <laughs> Actually, she probably won't want the hug. She's not a very huggy person. <laughs> She's the one that I actually taught saying that. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, she taught us that you know you don't actually have to give a hug; that you can actually say no. <laughs> there was a there was a lady at our church that we grew up with that would always want to give us a hug, and um, and we just took it because we thought we had to. Um, and then Joy comes along, or I'm sorry, Elena or AJ. Um, she um, she go no no thanks. <laughs> like <laughs> wow, you can say no. <laughs> wow! I didn't know that. I didn't know that was an option. Oh. It, there's, right a, there's a skill of like turning a hug attempt into a half hug. That's the best of I've come up with. Yeah. You sort of turn sideways and put one arm out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That would work. That would work. I haven't got the guts to say no. I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. All right. So here's my here's my music news. So I'm going to start with this, and it'll become painfully obvious to anybody who's been listening lately as to why. Um, but um, so in the ARIA charts, the the number one U.S. act, um, it, well, the top act in the ARIA charts at the minute is at number one with Despacito, which is 
Louis Fonzi, uh, Daddy Yankee, and featuring Justin Bieber, um, which was really no surprise. That's probably going to be there for a while. Um, the, the reason I, I want to start with that is because um, I would really like to argue with my brother and say, and, and say that this is not the Keith Urban news report, but unfortunately, um, on the Billboard chart, he's still the highest – He's still the highest Australian on the chart at uh, 55 with the fighter, uh, Keith Urban and Carrie Underwood. Now, that having been said, I'm quite proud of Keith Urban, can I just say. I'm not a massive country fan, but I like Keith Urban. But, you know, good on him for staying in there. I mean, he's been in that top 100 chart um, for weeks, I mean, over a month. Um, and I'm like, good on you, man. I mean, I, I keep keep bringing it and if he keeps staying the top one well that should just encourage the other australian artists to you know to put something out there that just that just takes him over you know sorry dennis but uh keith urban is still um still the top act in, on the billboard charts and you know you might just have to suck it up <laughs> is there a reason why he doesn't, doesn't like keith urban no it's not that i think he's just bored I okay. think it's just like, could somebody else please, you know, <laughs> I get up there? Why is it always Keith Urban? You know, Keith Urban's <laughs> fine. There's nothing wrong with Keith Urban. I don't, I don't dislike Keith Urban, but he always wins. It's always Keith Urban. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that could be a, a, a very um, a small portion of the tall puppy syndrome there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Well, see. Hopefully, we'll have another album come out. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll pick yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> Grant Grant isn't doing isn't really doing music anymore, so he can't he really can't get on the Billboard charts. I guess, <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess you. I'm not. Shooting, you, I'm not shooting for that at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, however, yeah. I have talked. Lots, I have talked lots of Americans don't realize he's Australian because they only hear him sing. He sings with his American accent. That's true. When he speaks, he's well, got a Australian accent. You can't really detect an accent when you hear someone sing, though, most of the time, unless you hear a certain word that sounds different. But at least in my experience. <laughs> well, and 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 honestly, he's not really fully. He's not really full Australian because he was born in in New Zealand. But he's he he moved here at eighteen, so it's got to be close enough. <laughs> he was born in New Zealand. He was born in New Zealand. Yep. Does it get you speechless? <laughs> well, no. I mean, I love New Zealand. I'm married, I'm married, I love New Zealand so much. I married one of them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's I cool. I don't, I don't hate New Zealand. Either. I know there's a lot of tension between the two nations on things like that. We 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 think some superstar is Australian, but they're actually born in New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because because again, yeah, it gets a little bit back to that tall poppy syndrome. But if you do really really well, then they want to claim you, right? So, and because <laughs> New Zealand is really so small, they can't fight us anyway. Um, <laughs> it's like if the if the New Zealander does really well, we'll claim them because most people could spot Australia on the map, but half the Americans could never pick out New Zealand on the map. So, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that too, aren't I? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Somebody out there is going to get mad. <laughs> uh, I've got a mental blank. Who? Oh, is an Australian actor who is actually a New Zealand actor. Russell Crowe? You know, 
Yeah, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sorry. It's like Australians will claim him until he's being an idiot and then he's a Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good <laughs> Yes. He's an Australian <laughs> the Academy, and then when he's like smashing telephones in hotel rooms, he's he's a Kiwi. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's the spirit, Aussie. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, I think it's time to end. Yeah, sounds as good. a as a British would say, but I do like the way he said it. It was fun. <laughs> um, thanks, Grant, very thank much, you, Andrew for- and Brian. Thank, oh, yes. thank you very much for being thank with you. us. It's uh, it was it was it was really good to get that perspective from from Australia and going into into the United States. Yeah, um, I found that I found it awesome, and um, I really I really appreciate your time and um and being here with us. Uru. I like the huru. Another Australianism. I we missed huru is another good one. Um, Andrew, glad you're back. Um, yes, glad to be back. It's yeah. Gonna be doing another podcast. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, and so um, I guess I it's time to to end. Um, also, I should also um, say that I miss said the name of the prime minister that disappeared is not is not Howard Holt. It's Harold Holt. Um, <laughs> again, my mouth speaking faster than what I'm thinking. So um, we'll do that, Harold Holt, and we'll disappear. Um, thanks everybody for listening and as always feel free to contribute questions or comments either on the Facebook page which is facebook.com slash the or our website www.thedisplatriots.com um, and on our website you can find the various methods that you can subscribe to our podcast and another shout out goes to my friend Chris for the awesome theme song that we have and um, until next time, y'all have a ooh, a southernism. Y'all have a um, y'all have a good couple of weeks, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.